You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. The Milwaukee Brewers not part of the postseason party, but that does not mean there was any shortage of thrilling moments for the Brew Crew in the 2017 regular season. With that, we welcome in Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter. Adam, thank you so much for the time. And uh, Adam, despite the fact that your Packers Again, humiliated my Cowboys on national TV for the <laughs> second time in, what, six months with a last-second drive by Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to talk to you anyway, but hats off for the win. I should know better by now than to get my hopes up that we're ever going to beat Aaron Rodgers. It's just not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk some baseball now as uh, the Brewers, like I said, not part of the uh, 2017 postseason, but – a lot of great moments for this team, which at one time had a, a five-and-a-half-game lead uh, uh, over the Cubs in the NL Central. They took it down to the next-to-last day of the regular season, that crushing loss in St. Louis, which gave uh, the Rockies the second wild-card spot. Nonetheless, a lot to build on, and uh, you and the other uh, beat reporters submitted your top ten lists uh, for the best moments of the season for your respective clubs. And going down the list for the Brewers, you know, you saw Eric Thames, go on that uh, tremendous home run tear in his uh, return to Major League Baseball. Uh, We saw Orlando Arcia with that uh, wild inside-the-park home run. Corey Knable uh, setting the all-time record for consecutive appearances within one season uh, for a strikeout. For my money, though, I think the most thrilling moment of the Brewers' season, I want to see if you agree, Keon Broxton's game-saving grab uh, in the ninth inning, which would have put the Cardinals ahead Brewers would have been facing a deficit. Keon Broxton said, nope, I got this game over. Brewers win. For my money, that was the best moment of the season. What about for you? So I'll play uh, devil's advocate because you know I love to do that on the Sure. And I will give you another game-ending play that's on that list. Orlando Arcia up the middle. Was it in June? May or June against the Pirates? Um, he goes across second base to get a John Jaso grounder. The tying runner was at second base chugging home on the play, everybody in the ballpark thought, you know, don't throw this ball, eat it, hold that runner at at third. Orlando Arcia instead throws the first game over Hmm. and the Brewers win. Um, It didn't have exactly the flair of a home run robbery, but I think just the daringness of the play, um, the fact that it was Corey Knable on the mound for both of those plays, by the way. Wow. Um, just a huge moment for a team that was at that time kind of gaining its footing, getting a lot of confidence uh, because of their good first half. I, I just love that play. Um, and it was just a, a unique, a, a little bit different. Not that home run robberies are routine, but, you know, you, we've seen those before. I'm not sure I've ever seen a game-ending play like that spin and throw from Orlando Arcia. So I I sort of of favored that one, um, but pretty remarkable to have two uh, really amazing game-ending plays in the same season. After the Arcia one, I sort of crowdsourced this and went on my own memory for some of the best game-ending plays in Brewers history. And, And, I mean, those two are definitely on the list. They're in the top probably six game-ending defensive plays in the history of the franchise, and they happened in the same season. Yeah, that's that's uh, remarkable. And uh, the exact date of the play that you're referencing uh, was June 21st. And, uh, Adam, that was only four days after R.C. did something else. Of the of the uh, top ten moments you submitted, three of them 
involving Mr. Arcia directly. Uh, he hit that uh, inside-the-park home run, the first inside-the-parker uh, at Miller Park in over five years. And then he had uh, in June on June third, oh, sorry, July third, he scored from first base on a ball that did not leave the infield. Uh, for those that weren't privileged to uh, have seen that play, kind of kind of break it down and explain how a guy on a ball that does not leave the infield or barely leaves the infield motors two hundred seventy feet to home plate. Well, it's it's on as throws go around the infield. He has an instinct, you know, for plays like that. Um, and even the defensive plays that he makes himself, this is something that Carlos Sabero is the Brewers' first base coach, and he managed Orlando Arcia in Venezuela and managed against him in Venezuela. Managed against him in Venezuela, managed him in the minor leagues, hmm. I should say, to get it straight. So knows him really well and says that he, he just has an instinct for the game. And, and look, there's other players in baseball who have this same kind of thing, and they can make something special happen where – um, you know, an infielder tries to make a force out at another base, and Arcia just never stops and rounds third and scores on a play. Or the game ending out that I thought about, where the smart, you know, the the fundamental play maybe is to eat that ball, live another batter, and and keep that tying run from scoring. But he senses an opportunity to get a game ending out at first base, and he and he executes that play. So it's it was interesting in 2017 to see some of those instincts come out as he began to play the game more free uh that's what happens when you get a player who's got a little bit of big league time under his belt um and he's able to sort of you know relax his shoulders a little bit and just kind of play the game he's always played i, I don't know that we saw that version of orlando arcia when he came up last year or, or in 2016 um and and you know struggled a, a good bit so there's still a lot of errors in his game. There, there's still plenty to clean up offensively. But I, I think that Brewers fans saw just a little bit more of the free-flowing, instinctual Orlando Arce in 2017. And it bodes pretty well for what he's going to be at, you know, once he really gets uh, some experience in the major leagues. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so great to see these young guys who have, you know, they've got the talents and they've got the flair, but when they get that experience under their belt and you see the whole thing come together, it's so rewarding for a fan base of a guy that comes up through your system, a homegrown product as Orlando Arcia is, and uh, like you said, still some, you know, imperfections in his game. He's only human, but uh, a lot to look forward to for 2018 and beyond. Uh, Adam, going through some of the other uh, top 10 moments on your list, I brought up uh, Eric Thames. Uh, he sets a Brewers franchise record for home runs in the month of April. We saw Manny Pena uh, with a Mother's Day home run of the eighth inning to give the Brewers a slugfest win. Some other things, uh, Corey Knable establishing that single season uh, strikeout streak for relievers. What else is on here? Uh, we talked about the Keon Broxton catch. We talked about Ryan Braun. Uh, hitting his 300th career home run. Of those other moments, the non-Arcia moments, I suppose, was there one that really shocked you or or one that just, you know, kind of knocked your socks off, or did you kind of see these things coming as the season progressed? Well, anyone who says they saw Eric Thames' April coming <laughs> is a, you know, bald-faced liar because <laughs> that was not on the radar. They thought he would hit for some power at Miller Park. I don't think they thought 11 homers. Um, you know, the, the Brewers' record for for April. He set the record for runs scored. 
just a really gigantic April and became a fascinating player, even for now, um, to kind of debate his season. Because you stand back and look at 31 homers, top 25 or so, I believe, in, in baseball and OPS. Um, at least top 30. I, I, I need to go look at that number again. So uh, edit edit this out and, and correct it for <laughs> Do a little voiceover for me. But, you know, a productive season is, is the bottom line. But then, you know, the counterpoint to that is he did it all in April. Or, or he did such a big chunk of it in April. And the rest of the season was, was rather pedestrian. Um, so a, a really interesting, you know, I, I called him before, I think, the most interesting man in baseball just because of, how well-rounded he is and he's a reader and he's just got a great story for everything. Just a fascinating guy to talk to. And then his season is one of the most interesting individual seasons that I've covered because I think you can say it was great and, and it was disappointing and both sides have a good point. Um, and, and the trick for Eric Thames is going to be how does he sort of even things out a little bit more. And for him, this was, uh, you know, we talked about learning experience for Orlando Arcia. Well, for Eric Thames, we're talking about playing more games uh, per week. It's a, it's a much tougher grind in Major League Baseball. He had to adjust to that. He dealt with a lot of physical things with his lower body uh, throughout the season, played through a lot of them. And, you know, they, the hope, I think, is that the experience carries forward and helps him out. This is, you know, when we look forward, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, Matt, as this offseason goes on, where the Brewers can sort of bolster themselves for next year we're going to talk a little bit probably about first base. There's a contingent of fans I know that really would love to see Eric Hosmer in a Brewers uniform next season. Um, the Brewers, though, in Thames and Jesus Aguilar, they have a little left-right platoon going. Um, those guys combined for 47 home runs this past year. There was a lot to like about what they, they did and what they potentially could do next year. And I think they're going to continue to be a topic of conversation uh, throughout this winter. So, you know, Eric Thames is, is, again, he's like the guy who keeps on giving in terms of storylines hmm. because he just, he just really had a fascinating return to Major League Baseball and started with that huge April. Yeah, it sure did. And you brought up a great point when you said, you know, fans that say he had a great season and fans that say he had a disappointing season, they're both right. You know, because he did so much damage uh, so early, then really went through some peaks and valleys uh, for the remaining four or five months of the year. So it's it's interesting to see how people, by and large, assess Eric Thames' season. But as a whole, like you said, 30-plus home runs, nothing to ignore, nothing to sneeze at. So it'll be interesting to see how heavily David Stearns pursues Eric Hosmer if they keep the Thames-Aguilar platoon, like you mentioned at first base. A lot of, uh, a lot of pieces to uh, figure out, and that's a jigsaw puzzle for the offseason for sure. Uh, Adam, before we let you off the hook here, it is, of course, uh, game four tonight, or rather this afternoon, uh, between the Brewers. Uh, the Brewers, yes. <laughs> well, we, we wish it was the Brewers, but it's not. Uh, the Nationals <laughs> and the Cubs at uh, Wrigley Field. Uh, give me a prediction for that. Oh, geez. <laughs> How do you predict, a, you know, as we are talking, Steven Strasburg hasn't taken the mound yet. We don't know. He's pumped full of antibiotics is the story. Um, look, I, I was with the Cubs on their run last year. Brewers fans will hate this. But they uh, they found a way to win a lot of games. Um, they were kind of like the, the the year the Royals won it. I, I was along the ride for that, too. And it was like they never were out of a game. They'd always kind of f- find a way to come back in a game. I still like the Cubs, man. I don't think many people going into this postseason, or at least I would not, I would say not the majority of, of 
fans probably had the Cubs. I still like their chances. So I'm pretty sure I just guaranteed Strasburg's going to go the distance and we'll have game five. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, Cubs fans hearing this are saying no, but, you know, maybe you did the Nats a favor and they force a decisive game five, which would be in Washington uh, on Thursday as we're speaking here on the 11th, uh, the Wednesday, this Wednesday of October. We'll see what happens in game four. Adam McCalvey, our pleasure as always. Thanks for joining us. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers.